also keep in mind there's a lot of time between now and the end of the year, right? And so if we do get that trade deal and some of these tariffs come off, uh, you have a really nice upside catalyst for uh, for margins and for revenues, frankly, that uh, we think Wall Street will adjust to, uh, but they just haven't gotten there yet. From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ryan Dietrich. On the phone, I have my good friend up in Boston, Jeff Bookbinder. Jeff, how's it going up there? It's going well, Ryan, except for the rain. But, uh, hey, we're, we're used to bad weather up here. How are things down there in Charlotte? We're cracking, I believe, 80 degrees today. So it's, um, wow. spring is coming. And that's one of our themes we're going to talk about today, where we're starting to see some spring in the step of the economy. But, yeah, spring is definitely starting to show up. Now, Jeff, I heard a rumor that you had Texas Tech versus Virginia in your bracket. Is that true, or is that just a vicious rumor? That that's uh, partly true. Uh, I filled out, I think, six of these sheets, and in a, in one of them, I did have those two teams in the final four. Although I had Virginia over Duke in the final. Well, so not a bad effort. No, I mean, you know, obviously, like we said, we're recording this before we know who won the game. But just the fact that Virginia lost as a one seed last year, and gee whiz, they almost lost in the first round this time too. The fact they've come back this far is. It's really impressive. What's also impressive is my son, Sebastian. I've talked about him before. He won the one that I was in last year, and he got second this year. So he continually just pounds his father, really, at all these different sport things we do. So it's a nice reminder that he's just better at me at picking sports, even though he's eight years old. (laughs) He doesn't have those biases from doing it for a long time. That's that's very true, very true. So, So, Jeff, you know, let's get to it. We're going to talk about two main things, I think, this week. The first being earnings season. Jeff, I'm, I'm really glad you're on this week because John is still kind of recovering from his trip out to Hawaii last week with a lot of our advisors for LPL Summit. Um, but, you know, you're our earnings experts. So that will be great to talk about first quarter earnings, what we see, what's happening, where we could be going. But the other thing, Jeff, that's exciting is we're going to take a look at the economy. You know, we're seeing signs of spring is what we call it. There are some signs that some leading economic indicators that we follow are starting to bottom and turn higher. And that could be, you know, cross your fingers, dot your eyes, um, cross your T's, hopefully, potentially a good sign that the second half of the economy, the second half of the year could be pretty good for the economy. So Jeff, first things first, let's get to the earnings. This is your your wheelhouse. This week in the weekly market commentary for LPL Research you put together, I guess what the title is First Quarter Earnings Preview, Light at the End of the Tunnel. I like that. Jeff, I'll just turn it over to you. What do you see for first quarter earnings? What should investors be looking for and what's it all mean to us? Well, it's not going to be great. That actually is is why I think this can be good for markets because what's likely to happen here is is we put in a trough. Markets are uh, forward-looking animals. Even if we do get a marginal decline in S&P 500 profits year over year, maybe it'll be flat. Uh, things are going to get better over the uh, rest of the year. We wouldn't look at these results as uh, a reason to sell stocks or a reason to fear an earnings recession frankly, we look at it as a positive. Let's just get this one out of the way and move on to better times ahead. So that's the the title, light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, one big reason why things are going to get better, we think, is uh, we'll get a U.S.-China trade deal. That could come within the next uh, several weeks, could shore up business confidence, lead to more capital spending. And that's really the cycle, uh, productivity cycle, that drives uh, earnings growth over time without causing 
a rapid increase in inflation. So we do think um, that is coming and can be an earnings catalyst going forward. That's right, Jeff. So, you know, looking back, I guess, that's forward, looking back at the first quarter earnings, which, again, I guess we could say safely kick off later this week with a lot of the big banks and financials. One thing that always caught, that caught my eye, we saw a lot of cuts. I believe it was 7% cuts to first quarter earnings estimates since the start of the year. Now, that's kind of normal where you get some cuts, but, Jeff, I believe 7% is one of the largest cuts we've seen in years. And I've said this before, you know, I don't jump as high as I used to, but if you get a lower bar, I probably can clear that bar. What do you think about those cuts that we've seen? Does that make it easier for, you know, the better news to come in? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we know uh, we had a little bit of a soft patch in the economy in the first quarter. We know trade uncertainty weighed on business confidence. We know tariffs hit margins and cause uh, consumers and businesses to be more cautious about spending, all those things. There's a really long list of excuses. Exactly. So um, execs took advantage of all those excuses, and they took uh, expectations down. Uh, they haven't gone down that much in a quarter since early 2016. But remember, they typically go down 3 to 4% ahead of reporting season. So it's worse than normal, but it's not dramatically worse. Uh, and again, given the, the fundamentals of the economy, some of these positive catalysts, including a trade deal, uh, we think uh, earnings will accelerate from here on out, and we could still get a good year of another year of record profit. Right. Now, Jeff, if I'm correct, I believe first quarter earnings, again, that are going to start later this week, year over year are expected to be down about 4% approximately. Now, if my history serves me correctly, historically, those tend to be low-balled, and you tend to beat it by about 3 to 5%. So I guess we're saying there's a chance first quarter earnings could be positive. Uh, what do you think? Is it, what's the, I don't want to say percentages on that, but is there a good likelihood we could maybe get positive first quarter earnings? I think the odds are really good, actually, that we get to zero. Uh, get to again, zero. Sounds so exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> given the bar has been lowered so much, frankly, the economic environment, we'll get to this you know, when we talk about the weekly economic conference. Right. The economic environment's actually gotten better over the last month or so. So we think that's actually going to benefit corporate America a bit and will help uh, shore up the guidance going forward and actually, hopefully, allow some of these companies to finish the quarter maybe a little bit stronger than they thought they would uh, at the start of the year. No, that's right. Now, I will say in the show notes of today's podcast, we do have the chart of the S&P 500 quarterly earnings. Looks like going back all the way to 2014. And it's important to note we've had positive earnings growth for seven quarters in a row. This quarter, you know, we'll see if it can be lucky seven and make its way to eight. Like Jeff just said, it's going to be it's going to be close and all said and done. But, Jeff, the, you, know, you mentioned margins. I've got the weekly market commentary in front of me, and you've got five big key themes. I think margins are really an important factor. When you consider the fact that, yes, earnings might be flat, we'll say 0% approximately, revenue is supposed to be up, what, 5% potentially here? So, you know, some of the worry is could that, could that kind of start to pressure profit margins and could that end this 10-year cycle? You kind of talked a little bit about it, but maybe fill me in a little bit more. What does that all mean for investors here? Yeah, remember, Ryan, it wasn't that long ago when everybody was worried about the lack of revenue growth. Exactly. And all we had was, was earnings and people were, frankly, downplaying the earnings because they said it was all about revenues. Well, <laughs> now we've got the opposite problem. Nobody seems to care about 5% sales growth, uh, which is I care, frankly, Jeff. really strong. 
you know, it's all margin. So I, I think that's another reason why we could get better than flat year over year this for first quarter because it's just about efficiency and cost cutting and, you know, managing your commodity costs, your interest costs, things like that, right? Um, the revenue is there, probably going to be there for the balance of 2019 and, and, and beyond. So um, that is certainly a big part of why we're optimistic for uh, 2019. Interesting. Jeff, maybe we'll wrap it up with this. I know our 2019 S&P 500 estimate is $172.50, and we've been there since late last year when we first made the call. We didn't lower it, and we're still there. If you think about late last year, most analysts were looking for maybe 10% earnings growth. Now, let's be clear, 172.50 is about 6% earnings growth. Jeff, if I'm correct, most analysts now, I think, are around 3 or 4% earnings growth. So most people have really cut their lowered guidance. And as we're going to talk about here in a second, we think the economy's strong. We can hit that 6%. But you know, maybe just for the listeners, why did we not cut when everyone else was? Why do we stay still and not kind of panic when everyone else did the first half of this year or the first few weeks of this year? The obvious reason is that we're already low, right? So That's right. Um, we just didn't, uh, we didn't have to make that that big move down uh, up front. But once we got to one, once consensus got to 172, that at that point, frankly, um, our expectations for economic growth, a little bit more optimistic than Wall Street consensus. Perhaps we've been a little bit more optimistic about a U.S.-China trade deal uh, than many analysts who cut their numbers. We're looking at a full year here. And so reacting to short-term swings in market sentiment, we don't think is really helpful for investors. So, you know, could we end up at 170, sure, it's possible, but we think 168 is just a little bit too pessimistic. That's that 4% uh, growth number. And also keep in mind, there's a lot of time between now and the end of the year, right? And so if we do get that trade deal and some of these tariffs come off, uh, you have a really nice upside catalyst for, uh, for margins and for revenues, frankly, that uh, we think Wall Street will adjust to. Um, but they just haven't gotten there yet. All right, good stuff. Maybe let's move to the next subject then, which is kind of a building on that. The economy. You know, we're saying earnings can pick it up the second half of the year. We've said we didn't cut our earnings estimates when many others did. Now, why exactly do we think that? Well, Jeff, this week in our weekly economic commentary, we titled it Signs of Spring. And what's interesting to me is you look at economic data, Jeff, some is leading, some is more coincident. Now, what we've noticed here over the past, like you said, maybe the past month or so, some of that leading, some of those leading indicators, things like, let's see here, copper, M2, that's money supply, manufacturing services, those are more of the leading economic things that we look at. They've actually strengthened, kind of troughed, like the earnings, kind of overall earnings estimates have kind of troughed and started to go a little bit higher. We've seen that with uh, some of the big things there. You know, just last week, we had initial claims come in at the cycle low. We played with those numbers, and when you look at the previous cycles, it's 13 months on average before a recession starts after the cycle lows. Now, we have no idea if this is the low of this cycle. That's looking at the last five recessions. That's just one way to show it. But there could be a lot more life left in this economic cycle here, Jeff, and um, the leading things are telling us that. You know, spring gets turns green. There's a lot of green shoots taken off. What do you think here? It, it, that's tied to earnings, right? Light at the end of the tunnel could apply to the weekly economic commentary right. just as much as the weekly market commentary here. Things are getting better. The market is a uh, is a forward-looking mechanism. You know, let's say we only grow one and a half, two percent in the first quarter. 
that could mark the trough for the year, just like the first quarter could mark the trough in earnings uh, for the year. If we look forward, we see you know not only potential catalysts, but frankly, the economic data that we've been seeing here, the jobs data is the most recent example from uh, last week. Uh, we look at all this data, it suggests that things are getting better. And then we also have this seasonal pattern you know, for the whole expansion, first quarter's been worst and second quarter's been best, right? So just the exactly. regular seasonal pattern here probably gives us solid growth in the second quarter. Uh, you add, um, you know, trade deal on top of that, and frankly, more time for the fiscal stimulus that was put in place over the last, call it 15 months or so, uh, add that to the equation, and you've got the makings of, of better growth, I think, than maybe a lot of folks out there expect. Uh, great points there. You know, you, you talk, look under the surface, new home sales hit their highest level in a year. ISM manufacturing came in above 55, which was a little bit weaker than expected, but on an annualized basis, that's GDP still of 3.7%, so not too shabby. The leading economic index, one we've talked a lot about, a composite of 10 different indicators that the government puts together, that made a new all-time high last month. So these are more of the leading things. Those are some definite positives uh, that suggest the economy really could be turning, up, uh, taking, um, you know, improving. Now, Jeff, you kind of mentioned earnings, and we've talked about it. I want to talk for a second here about the Fed pause. You know, you look back at market history. 1984, the S&P was up a percent. Earnings are up 20%. 1994, S&P down about a percent and a half. Earnings up 18%. Well, last year, the S&P was... You know, down, I think, about 6% approximately. Earnings are up over 20%. Now, here's what I'm getting at. The Fed did pauses in 1985, 1995, and now we know they're pausing in, in uh, 2019. And 85 and 95 are really good years for the stock markets, even though the economy slowed fairly, almost significantly in some cases, uh, the next year. And we've got an economy that's slowing versus last year. We're not going to have 20% earnings growth this year, and we're probably not going to have you know up around 3% GDP growth this year. Yeah, boy, the stock market sure is partaking in uh, some some lead here. What do you think? Are we just kind of following suit again with what we saw in the mid-80s and mid-90s where the Fed pauses and the economy slows, yet stocks do really well? More evidence that the market looks forward, right? That's um, right. The, uh, the Fed pause certainly helps. If you look at corporate profit margins, when interest rates are low, inflation is low, wage pressures are benign. You've got the makings of pretty good corporate profit year. Not enough inflation to scare the Fed and uh, not enough to spark worries in the markets about uh, overheating. So, yeah, I think, I mean, clearly there's been a lot of Fed optimism priced in here. We're up, what, 22 23% off the December lows. Right. So, you know. We, we expect to get more out of this uh, market. We think the bull continues. We see further gains between now and the end of the year. And looking at more economic growth in, in 2020 and probably more gains. You know, as many of you know who have been following us closely, we have tempered our enthusiasm just a bit following uh, uh, these uh, strong gains here. And that's a great point. So, you know, we remain bullish. We've had the big bounce. Now we have tempered things a little bit. One thing caught my attention this weekend, Jeff, reading Barron's. I'm a big fan of Barron's. I, mean, I get quoted in there once in a while, right? So I better say I'm a big fan. But, you know, the cover story of Barron's had a picture of a bull on it with some different market strategists talking about why this um, economic cycle can continue. And we absolutely agree. We think the economic cycle can continue. But 
That inner contrarian in me when I see a picture of a bull on a cover, I worry. I mean, I've noted this before. S&P peaked on September 21st last year. We haven't gone above it yet. Now, believe me, we're inching closer, it seems like, every day. But what matters there is that very same week, Business Week, had a picture of a bull on it. You know, these are just these are just one examples. Believe me, there are probably more pictures of bulls and markets gone up. And I'd like to note that Barron's has definitely, I think, been one of the most bullish magazines out there and obviously they've been very very right during this bull market at the same time big rally picture of a bull on the cover we didn't see that we didn't see optimistic strategists and barons a couple months ago was a lot of scary stuff was what we were hearing from a lot of the strategists back then i mean could that be some type of a contrarian warning for you jeff you think oh it could be an indication that we're due for a bit of a a pause or small pullback i mean that's Right, so that's our expectation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, markets don't go uh, up in a straight line, and uh, this has been a more V-shaped recovery in, in stocks since December than we typically see. So, sure, it, it would make sense that we need to digest things a little bit. But again, uh, all of our work, you know, a lot of great work you've done, Ryan, the whole, the whole team, on what data has any uh, ability to, to foreshadow the future. Uh, we think it all uh, points to better growth ahead, and uh, that should help support stock prices and keep these uh, these dips uh, pretty small and, and and viable. No, that's right. You know, we, we were on record back in January saying we didn't think this, you know, call the W formation, a double bottom, go back and test. We started seeing signs of extreme market strength in mid-January. We started saying we don't think we're going to go back and test those December 24th lows. And fortunately, you know, that played out pretty well. Now, Jeff... Our friends at Strategus Research noted the S&P 500 the last three months is in its 99th percentile. In other words, you know, <laughs> it's pretty rare to be up over 20% in three months. We know that, and it's a 99th percentile. Near term, absolutely a pullback consolidation. Perfect sense. And in fact, we probably would welcome that and look for that. But the really cool thing is a year out, Jeff, the returns actually, S&P's up over 15% on average. The average yearly return is about 9%. So what we're getting at, super overbought market here over the past three months, very well could continue to resolve higher. And those are a lot of the stats that we've been sharing on market signals for months now as we, we just look at all the different data pieces that we have and try to plug them all together and give the best advice that we can. And we continue to think a year from now stocks will you know, very likely be higher but boy, it's not going to be an easy ride, will it, Jeff? No, typically is not. So that's no change. Um, I mean, we're also in this, you know, year three of the presidential cycle, post midterm election, right. seasonal pattern. I mean, there there are a lot of reasons to think that we can squeeze uh, more out of this market uh, over the balance of the year. And um, at the same time, there are a lot of reasons to think maybe it could be bumpy. I mean, we, we're still waiting for resolution to the Brexit situation. We've got challenge growth in Europe and Japan, uh, certainly geopolitical tremors can come at any time. That's right. Uh, we, we get all that. Uh, so we'll probably have some, some bumps. Um, who knows, maybe maybe we get good data over the next several months, and that causes the Fed to um, talk about hiking again uh, later in the year. So there are a number of things to watch out for that could cause some bumps. But uh, when the fundamentals look as good as they do here for the economy and profits, uh, over the balance of the year, we uh, we think that uh, says at least hold a market weight 
uh, in, uh, in equities. That's right. So, you know, the fundamentals have been solid, as we've kind of hinted at. The market technicals, we see consumer discretionary leading consumer staples. We see a lot of participation, as we've been talking about. Those are pauses. I mean, Jeff, we've only got maybe another minute or two. I mean, you're a valuations expert as well. So at LPL Research, you look at valuations, fundamentals, and technicals. We like fundamentals. We like technicals. What are valuations here telling us? Yeah, we're still right at what we would call fair value, around 17 times forward earnings estimates. Uh, that's um, a little bit above the long-term average, uh, but not much. However, if you adjust for inflation and low levels of interest rates, we would say the market's actually probably a little bit cheap. That's maybe hard for people to exactly. understand given how, how far this rally has come, but um, that's that's what the, the data says. You get an extra PE point or two on earning when uh, inflation and, and interest rates are low. All right, and maybe the last thing I'll say this week, we do have some inflation data coming out, CPI and PPI, along with the Fed minutes. So definitely follow LPL at lplresearch.com and on Twitter and different different mechanisms to follow us as we definitely do some real-time analysis of all those things. So, Jeff, I really had a lot of fun on this week's latest edition of the Market Signals by LPL podcast. I think we did pretty good. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. So covered a lot of ground, and uh, most of it was, was good news. So you you got to like that. Oh. Exactly. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening this week. We had a lot of fun. Everyone have a great week. See you next week. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us next week when we'll continue to analyze and discuss market signals. Stay connected by following us on Twitter, at LPL, or at LPL Research. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. LPL Market Signals is presented and produced by LPL Financial. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ryan Dietrich. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or to construed as providing specific investment advice or recommendations for any individual security. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. This research material was prepared by LPL Financial, LLC. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, and SIPC. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered independent investment advisor, please note that LPL Financial is not an affiliate of and makes no representation with respect to such entity. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured deposits and are not FDIC, NCUA insured. These products are not bank credit union obligations and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by any bank, credit union, or any government agency. The value of this investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible.